Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Draymond now picks up his dribble, finds the cutter. Clay Thompson floats it high. No good. Pounded home by Wiggins right on the doorstep. 7-0 run to open the second half at Golden State leads by 10. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up. We'll bring you into the locker room and hear from Coach Kerr and the players. Highlights from the game, Warriors Wrap-Up starts now. Yes, it does. Welcome in. 95-7 the game, Warriors Wrap-Up here. Mark Ranty with you after another Warriors win. Two straight wins. The Warriors have now won three of their last four. Welcome in. Tonight it was a relatively easy one, 127-104. to the final score, the Warriors led by as many as 30 in the fourth quarter after they were down by 10 points in the first half. Of course, the 76ers uh, not at full strength. In fact, not close to it. Joel Embiid reigning MVP and could potentially have been on his way to another MVP until uh, he got hurt last week against this same Warrior team when uh, the Sixers were in San Francisco. So no Embiid, and this is clearly a different Sixers team without Embiid. They're now 4-12 and without their big man this season, uh, but the Warriors did what they had to do. They go into Philadelphia, an undermanned 76ers team, and they take care of business, and they knock off the Sixers. Final score, 127-104. to The Warriors now two games under 500, 23-25. They pick up their 10 10th road win of the season. Uh, by the way, last year the Warriors won just 11 road games all year. Uh, the big difference is that the Warriors are also a much worse home team this season than they were last year, but they're on pace to be a much better road team despite the fact that this team as a whole uh, has, has had a, a lot more struggles this season compared to last year, but a 23-point win for the Warriors on the road against the Sixers, and what the win does tonight for the Warriors, it guarantees you a home winning stand, or, or pardon me, a home, a winning road trip, excuse me. The Warriors have one more game on this road trip, a five-gamer. Uh, they're three, they're, they're three and one in the first four of this five-gamer. They could lose the uh, back end of a back-to-back back-to-back tomorrow night in Indiana and still uh, wrap up this five-game road trip with a winning record. Now, of course, the Warriors would love nothing more than going into Indiana and making this a 4-1 and one road trip, and you could begin to think of that as, as maybe a turning point in a season if they were to do that. Uh, because that's a very good Indiana team, and you can kind of poke holes in some of the other wins they've had recently on the road. Like, just look at this road trip right now. Memphis on the road to begin Without John Morant, without Desmond Bain, they just traded Steve Adams. They also traded Xavier Tillman today before tomorrow's deadline, uh, playing without Marcus Smart, a number of others. So uh, you can poke holes in that win. Not the most impressive win, but one you gotta you gotta have. You lose in overtime on the road in Atlanta uh, the next day. That was on Saturday. On Monday, you go to Brooklyn, who. They got some talent on their team, but they're they have a worse record than the Warriors. Now about ten games under five hundred. You really struggled offensively in that game, but you use your defense to win that one. And then here in Philadelphia tonight without Joel Embiid. So I'm not trying to put a damper on any Warriors excitement, uh, but a win tomorrow in Indiana 
uh, would kind of be the cherry on top of this road trip where you beat a really good team who has, of course, Tyrese Halliburton, one of the more exciting players in the NBA. They acquired Pascal Siakam a couple of weeks ago at the trade deadline, before the deadline and all that. So we can get more into that a little bit later here on Warriors Wrap-Up. If you want to, you can give me a call, 888-957-9570. But let's focus on this win tonight for the Warriors. Again, the final score over the Sixers without Joel Embiid, 127-104. to And I thought really, really uh, impressive the way in which it happened because Stephen Curry only scored nine points. He did not make a field goal until the second half. He had two points at halftime uh, from the free throw line. No field goals, no made field goals in the first half. Um, you didn't get a ton from Clay Thompson in the first half, and it really was the Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga show. You had very nice minutes from Lester Quinones as well. Uh, I see a comment on the YouTube chat powered by First NorCal Credit Union, and you can join us on the YouTube chat. It's always a party. Shout out to Drew Down, Enter the Draymond, uh, the Michigan Wolverines as well. Uh, my family, Dublin Marge, as always. I wanted to uh, circle or highlight a text, though, from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is watching on our YouTube chat, youtube.com slash 957 the game. <laughs> Jesus Christ says we don't. Ne- <laughs> Jesus Christ says we don't need Steph. We have Lester. Uh, Lester Quinones was very good in this game. He had seven points in the first half, made a couple of three-pointers in that second quarter. That kind of was um, the reason where the Warriors kind of started turning this game around. I mean, they were pitiful offensively in the first quarter. 15 points in the first quarter for the Warriors. Uh, The lowest scoring first quarter of the season for the Warriors, by the way. And also tied for the lowest scoring quarter the Warriors have had all season. Not just the first quarter, but any quarter. They also scored 15 points in the second quarter uh, on the road in Cleveland in November. Uh, So it was one of the ugliest quarters, if not the ugliest quarter, at least offensively for the Warriors this season. Uh, Now, you pair with that, you only allowed Philadelphia 22 points. So you were only down seven, but you felt like you should be down like 20 points. And you look up at the scoreboard and you're within striking distance, and then the offense comes around in the second quarter. And honestly, leading that charge a little bit in the second quarter was Lester Quinones. He had two made threes in the quarter. He finished with 13 points, four of seven from downtown. He only took three pointers. I'm seeing a comment. Here on the YouTube chat as well from Drew Down, Lester is giving pool vibes, but with defense. And that's kind of the story of Lester Quinones, especially when Jordan Poole was on this team. Like Lester is, you know, the, the baby Jordan Poole. Um, and he does sort of have that same kind of wiggle to his game offensively. Uh, we'll see if he can continue to develop. And if he keeps playing like this, we're probably going to get to a point where the Warriors consider converting him uh, from a two-way contract to a full-time roster spot. What does that mean for someone else on the end of the bench, potentially a Corey Joseph? It might mean that maybe the Warriors, uh, a move that they might might make at the deadline before tomorrow at noon, maybe is just to find a suitor for Corey Joseph and and get nothing but maybe some cash considerations or a little bit of money in return. Um I'm probably getting a little too ahead of myself right there, but Lester Quinones has had a nice showing over the last week or so for the Warriors. So shout out to Lester Quinones. He was effective in this game today. 13 points off the bench for Quinones. Uh, He had four assists, a couple of rebounds as well. Um, But I think we got to give a lot of the the praise and the credit tonight uh, to Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, the day before the trade deadline. What time is it right now? 7.30 PST, Pacific Standard Time. So what? We are uh, four and a half hours from midnight, which means we're 12 hours plus four and a half. So we're 16 and a half hours from the trade deadline. It's noon Pacific Standard Time tomorrow on Thursday. 16 and a half hours from the trade deadline, and Andrew Wiggins might have just put together his best game of the year. Andrew Wiggins, 21 points. It's not his highest scoring game of the season, not even close. He's been in the 30s. But 21 points, 9 of 14 shooting, 10 rebounds, 
Uh, only uh, one foul committed while playing really good defense on t- over 23 minutes. Did not turn the ball over once. He had a steal. He had an assist. He was under control. He was getting to the rim. When he was taking his threes, he was taking the open ones, and he knocked down two of the three that he took. Uh, He was really good in this one, and him along with Jonathan Kaminga were kind of the reason the Warriors were even in this thing in the first half. They were down seven after one. I mentioned Quinones kind of being the spark offensively. The other sparks offensively were Kaminga and Wiggins, who both had 11 points uh, at halftime. They were leading the way offensively for the Warriors. Uh, Andrew Wiggins was really, really good in this game. And I guess that brings me to one of our questions. Uh, one of one of our questions here on Warriors wrap-up today, and you can give me a call and answer this one, 888-957-9570. Tonight, I think, is the, the best Wiggins we've seen in a while. Um, but I think we've seen some signs, and he's been improving, and, and he's been playing a little bit better over the last couple of weeks. Not to say that he was immediately back to the 2022 version of Wiggins that helped the Warriors win a championship, and I've I've seen that on the YouTube chat as well. Again, shout-out to Drew Down, who said he played like it was 2022. That's what remind it reminded me of tonight. I'm not saying that Wiggins has been that way for the last couple of weeks now, but I think if you're looking for it, you've, you've been able to see some signs that he's playing with a little bit more confidence and he's getting into rhythm and all of that. But tonight, I think, was the best he's looked in quite a while. So does that play tonight by Andrew Wiggins? We're now 16 and a half hours away from the trade deadline. Does that change your opinion, your idea, what you want the Warriors to do at the trade deadline? Does it mean that Andrew Wiggins has increased value in a potential trade and maybe the Warriors get something back that they previously would not have? I'm not sure about that. I don't think NBA teams are overreacting to to a, a good game here and a, a decent game there. I think generally his value stays put. But the other half of that question is, if Andrew Wiggins plays like this somewhat consistently moving forward, even if you can get something decent back in return, are you are you trading the wrong guy? Like, do, does Andrew Wiggins still not do enough to help this team win games? Because sure as it sure as hell looked like tonight that he he did and he, he helped you win this game. You ended up winning by twenty three. Maybe maybe you're able to win this game without him, but he was really really good in just twenty three minutes, twenty one points, ten rebounds, nine of fourteen from the field, two of three from downtown. So are you second guessing what you want the Warriors to do at the trade deadline? And Steve Kerr has said multiple times, I don't expect a move. Um, we're not we're not eager. We're not you know jumping out there and trying to force something to happen. Um, but it seems pretty clear that if Andrew Wiggins plays like that, I'm not sure the Warriors can get a better guy at the trade deadline in exchange for Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Just something to keep an eye on because we are approaching the trade deadline again, now less than 16 and a half hours away, and what do the Warriors do? It seems increasingly likely that they stand pat, Uh, and tonight's performance from Andrew Wiggins I think only reinforces that idea for the Warriors because I'm not so sure that there is a major change in anyone's value after just one night of basketball. Um, Andrew Wiggins and their performance today maybe means more to the Warriors than it does to any other prospective um, you know, team that the Warriors could agree to a trade with. Uh, so I think Andrew Wiggins is probably going to stay with the Golden State Warriors, and if he plays like he did tonight... Uh, he's going to help them win a few games down the stretch and maybe help them sneak into a playoff spot. We'll see. Uh, so that's one question to consider. How does this performance tonight, and I think specifically as it relates to Andrew Wiggins, does it change anything that the Warriors uh, are planning on doing at the deadline? For me, I think it's a no because I don't think they were planning on moving any major piece. If they are to make a trade, I think it will be a cost-cutting move. We talked earlier about maybe Lester Quinones earning a full-time contract, not a two-way contract. Maybe the Warriors can convert his deal. That could be a cost-cutting, a cost-saving move. 
because the odd man out, as we talked about earlier, would probably be Corey Joseph. And Corey Joseph would is making more than Lester Quinones, even after a conversion to a guaranteed, a fully guaranteed deal. If the Warriors can find a trade partner for Corey Joseph, then you convert Lester Quinones' contract to full-time. You save a decent chunk of money. You guys remember, we're not just talk, talking about how much the Warriors are paying Corey Joseph this year. It's it's multiples of that because the Warriors are over the tax and have been for years. Uh, so that's something to consider. I don't think the Warriors' trading plans have changed. Um, but if we if we are to see a move, my expectation would be it would be a minor move uh, for someone that doesn't play a lot. You're getting someone in return that doesn't play a lot. Maybe you're getting nothing. Maybe you're getting a second-round pick in return. Whatever the case is, I don't think we're going to see a major move for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, but the other the other question that that I have for you guys, and I want to hear your answers, uh, give me a call, 888-957-9570. That's also the Comcast Business text line, and I'm keeping an eye on the YouTube chat, again, powered by First NorCal Credit Union, and I'll run through uh, some of the texts and the messages there on the first NorCal Credit Union chat in a moment. Uh, the other question I have is, this is now consecutive games where the Warriors' defense uh, has played pretty darn well. Uh, last time out, the Warriors on Monday in Brooklyn uh, only allowed the Nets to score 98 points. Tonight, Philadelphia scored 104, uh, but they were dead in the water through three quarters. Philadelphia in the first quarter, 22 points. In the second quarter, 23 points. In the third quarter, 23 points. They put up 36 in the fourth. That was garbage time galore in like the final eight minutes of that quarter. So you can kind of scrap most of that fourth quarter. But through three quarters for the Warriors, 22 points allowed, 23 points allowed, 23 points allowed. Is there a legitimate defensive shift that we're seeing from the Warriors? 98 points allowed in a win on Monday in Brooklyn, and then 22, 23, and 23 through the first three quarters tonight against the Sixers? Is is this a, a different team defensively, or is this just more a case of the Warriors' opponents? And it's nothing against the Brooklyn Nets. They've got some solid players, um, but we're not going to kid ourselves and pretend like that's one of the better offenses in the NBA. And Philadelphia, without Joel Embiid, they become an entirely different team offensively. Um, so it, this isn't the, the most shocking uh, number for the Warriors defensively against this version of the 76ers, but it is consecutive games where the Warriors have played pretty darn good defense. Uh, you even go back as many as, uh, let's see, let's go back five games. The Warriors over their last five games, 107 points allowed, 101 points allowed. You had the overtime loss in Atlanta, 141 points allowed, 98 points allowed, and 104 points allowed tonight. Your last five games, uh, your sub-110 in four of the last five. And in today's NBA, that's really good. That's really good. Now, you've played Philadelphia twice, a banged-up Philadelphia twice, a very banged-up Memphis, uh, simply put, not a very good Brooklyn team, and then uh, Atlanta, who put up 141 on you. Is this a new Warriors defense? Can we credit Draymond Green? Does it also go with what we're talking about with Andrew Wiggins? Are we seeing a different Warriors defense? Uh, and if so, does that kind of change your mind about the Warriors' prospects this season? Because... As much as we've talked about Clay Thompson's issues shooting the ball, a career low uh, in field goal percentage and three-point percentage, as much as we've talked about Andrew Wiggins, uh, and at times what's seeming like an what seems like an unwillingness to shoot the ball, as much as we've talked about some of the offensive issues, this is still one of the better offenses in the NBA. What has been the Warriors' downfall all season long, and especially the last couple of months, it's been the defense. One of, if not the worst defenses in the NBA by nearly every margin. Points allowed per game, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, uh, fast break points allowed. You're allowing points in the paint. Really, the only calling card the Warriors have in any kind of defensive number is they're a really good rebounding team. Uh, but they still give up a ton of points. Uh, the last five games, though, they've been a lot better at that. So is this a new team defensively? 
or is it more just a case of who they've been playing over the last week plus or so when they've won four of their last five games? Because those are the two things that I think of after the Warriors win tonight. Changing plans at the deadline, I say no there. But is this a new defensive Warriors team? I think maybe, and I think it's it's the impact of Draymond Green now that he's back, and he's been back for a bit. Uh, he he kind of had the herky-jerky return for Draymond. He played that one game in Memphis, and then there was the the really tragic and unfortunate passing of Coach Decky, and the Warriors were off for over a week. And now Draymond has been back ever since then, and the Warriors have won four of five. They've won five of eight uh, since th- that that stretch where the Warriors were off for eight days after the passing of the assistant coach Dayon Milojevic, uh, you kind of get Draymond in a little bit of a rhythm. And as a whole, I feel like this Warriors team defensively is in that rhythm as well. All right, I'll read some of the YouTube chats coming up here in just a minute. But first, let's go out to the phone lines on Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. Let me just grab my mouse here bring you on. Uh, let's see. Up first is Mark in Milbray. Mark wants to join the program here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Mark, how you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, really liked what I saw tonight. I realized uh, Philly's uh, really struggling right now without Embiid, but if you're the Warriors, you can't worry about that. Uh, they, they've been losing to all these teams all this year. The reason why they find themselves out of the play, and so you took care of business. I thought after that ugly first half, that's that was probably one of their best uh, second halves of of the season. They really just that third quarter was a thing of beauty. Forty three points, they really just dominated and uh, dominated so much. Curry only had to score what eight points, and the starters didn't have to play uh, the fourth quarter. Uh, Wiggins, as far as Wiggins goes, I think the Warriors probably going to end up keeping him. I just don't think teams want that contract. So if there was a move to be made, mainly if Anobi wasn't moved to uh, the Knicks or possibly Siakam wasn't traded to Indiana, I think they would have tried to package the deal to make a movement. But since both of those guys who they keyed in on guys that would fit their team are already been traded, I think they'll probably make a minor move. If anybody's going to move, like you said, it's probably Joseph or CP3 because he's got a, a expiring contract, which is valuable. But Looking at this road trip, I thought they might go two and three. If you got a chance now, they're three and one. They got a chance for winning road trip. You got a very tough Pacers team tomorrow. Uh, hopefully they can pull that off. And, and, and really you're sitting pretty because if you look at the bottom of the West, Lakers, Mavs, Warriors, Utah, Pelicans, I mean, those are some really good teams. And three of those teams are going to be left out of the playoffs. So if you're the Warriors, man, you've got no room for error. So this is the stretch you really got to get moving here. And hopefully, defensively, they've really turned a corner here and really started going. Because if they're playing defense like that, I think the offensive end will take care of themselves. And they can they can they they have enough scoring load where they can win these type of games. So I want to get your opinion now here. Uh, have you seen enough from them defensively through the stretch here with Draymond that you can rely on them through the stretch? Or do you need to see more coming back uh, at Chase Center when they come back home for their next homestand? Yeah. Excuse me. Good question, Mark. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, I think that the Warriors, they've, they've definitely improved defensively, as, as you and I have both been talking about here. Um, I'm, not, I'm not going to sit here and convince myself that suddenly this is a, a really good defensive team. It's been a, a relatively small sample. Again, we're looking at the last five games. In four of them, the Warriors have held their opponent to under 110 points. Now, you look at some of the numbers previously. You had the double overtime game where you gave up 145. Obviously, double OT, 10 extra minutes of basketball there, but that was not a very good defensive performance. Uh, The game before that against Sacramento, in regulation, he gave up 134. You have a number of of terrible uh, defensive performances. Uh, We had the stretch where the Warriors were allowing a 70-point half like every freaking night for a stretch. You you allowed uh, 70.5 against Chicago, 70.5 against New Orleans, 70.5 against Denver. You gave up 130 points, 133 points, 141 points, 140 points over a stretch of five games, 130 or more allowed, all in regulation, in a stretch uh, of five games. Four different times you gave up over 130 points in a game. Four times in a stretch of five games. So where we're coming from when we discuss the Warriors' defense, we're literally coming from, like, the seller of the league, the worst defensive team in the NBA. So almost anything is going to be a step up. This is the last five games. It's been a a pretty drastic step up. But can it continue? I don't know. What I do know, Mark, and to answer your question is, we're going to have a really good uh, test. The Warriors are going to have a really good test tomorrow on a back-to-back in Indiana. Uh, Tip-off is at 4. Coverage begins at 3 here on 95.7 The Game. I'll be with you uh, on Warriors Live, and I'll be with you again tomorrow night here on Warriors Wrap-Up. But that, Indiana, is the best offensive team in the NBA by a number of metrics. Tyrese Halliburton, they acquired Pascal Siakam, who our caller Mark mentioned as a potential Warriors target at the trade deadline. Uh, You've also got... Miles Turner, you've got a number of shooters. They're a very fast-paced, up-and-down, high-scoring basketball team. We're talking about all the times the Warriors have allowed 130 and 140 points in a game. Uh, The Pacers do that consistently. They score that many points consistently. Uh, So tomorrow is going to be a a really big test for this Warriors defense, and if they're able to put together a good performance against that offense – on the road, on the back end of a back-to-back, and maybe cap off a, a five-game road trip by going 4-1, and one, and then maybe I'll start to believe. Uh, but as of right now, I think it's, it's too small of a sample size against relatively poor offensive teams, for the most part, for me to, to make some kind of sweeping judgment. It's certainly encouraging, and the Warriors need it. If they're going to have any chance of making any noise this season, they're going to need the defense to come around. Because, again, despite all of the issues that we've talked about for the Warriors uh, offensively, uh, they have been relatively, not, not relatively, they've been really good offensively. The issues have been on the defensive side of, of the ball. And, you know, it, it has looked a little bit better lately for the Warriors, but we'll see if that does continue. Um, it's kind of crazy where we're talking about a game where the Warriors win by 23. They were up by 30 points in the fourth quarter, and he got just nine points from Stephen Curry. Um, because, and this kind of speaks to to what we've been going over here through the first half hour or so of Warriors Live on 90, or of Warriors Wrap-Up, excuse me, here on 95.7 The Game. Um, in the past, this season, when you have an off-Steph game, and this wasn't necessarily like a, a terrible Stephen Curry game. He didn't have it early. Um, 
and then everyone else kind of chipped in, and Steph Curry realized, like, all right, I don't need to score 30 to win this game. I'm going to kind of take a back seat, and he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter, and that was great, especially as the Warriors get ready uh, for the back-to-back tomorrow night. Shout-out to Dublin Marge, I think, for pointing that out on the YouTube chat, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Um, big for the Warriors and their hopes that trying to beat Indiana tomorrow night, that none of the key guys had to play in the fourth. Clay did because he starts fourth quarters normally, and he did. And he hit a, a kind of a crazy right-wing three that pushed the lead to 30, and then he quickly checked out after that. Um, but in the past, when you didn't have a, a 25-plus point game from Stephen Curry, the Warriors generally have gotten blown out this year. Not tonight. Nine points from Steph. He had two at halftime on made free throws. He did not make a field goal in the first half, yet the Warriors had a lead at halftime. They led by three at the halftime break. And then he didn't. He made a three uh, in the third quarter, had a layup as well. That was all of his scoring, or pardon me, then he had two other free throws. Those were all of his field goals, a layup and a three in relative rapid succession in that third quarter. And he did not make another field goal the rest of the game. And the Warriors pushed the lead to 30. And I know this was a 76ers team playing without Embiid, but it is relatively simple to see that growth. That growth from the Warriors where you don't get a a great Steph Curry game and you still control a game on the road against a team with a good record. But as we all know, uh, without Joel Embiid, just Nowhere near the same basketball team. They're now 30-20. and 20. They're 4-12 and 12 without Embiid this season. Uh, so a drastically different basketball team with him on the floor versus with them off the floor. Uh, and the Warriors took advantage of that. But to get this kind of win uh, without much of offensive punch from Steph Curry, that's encouraging. It's encouraging for the Warriors. Um, I also think Klay Thompson deserves uh, a shout-out. A shout-out for his performance here today as well. Uh, I mentioned he didn't have his best first half. It wasn't that he was missing all of his shots. It was just a little bit more subdued, which honestly I think is good news for the Warriors because what has driven so much of the Klay Thompson frustration, both from Warrior fans, uh, I think for Steve Kerr and and for the team, and for Klay Thompson himself, it's he's... It seems like he's so hyper-focused and hyper-fixated on trying to get his old form back that he's taking all of those shots that he used to took that he used to take. And you understand why he's been in that habit because for most of his career, he's been one of the more electrifying shooters of the basketball that the game has ever seen. And when he catches fire, like he is the most electrifying player in the league. He scored 60 points in three quarters. Remember, he had he set the record for the most points scored in a single quarter. How many times has he just handed his face? Doesn't matter. When he's in one of those zones, he just simply cannot miss. So when you go from that extreme, and then and then you, you're dealing with the frustration of struggling and shooting a career low from downtown, I can understand how it could be a little bit difficult uh, to try to tone it down just a little bit. Uh, but Clay Thompson, give give him credit. Even honestly, Monday in Brooklyn, it's not like he was just up there shooting everything that he saw. Uh, I mean, he he has been holding back his field goal attempts. I think he's doing a pretty good job of that recently. I mean, the Monday game in Brooklyn was nowhere near his worst game of the year, but Steve Kerr still decided, and I think rightly so, to not include him in the closing lineup. But it's not like he was 1-for-12 and just taking game-breaking shots for the Warriors. And I don't think he, he took a bad shot tonight. There was one in that fourth quarter. I mentioned it a moment ago. It was the three that put the Warriors up by 30, their largest lead of the game, where it was it was in transition. Clay caught the pass on the right wing, caught it in rhythm, pump faked, let a guy fly by, but there was another guy coming over to defend him. Clay shot it anyway, and you could kind of feel the hesitation in his mind, but he's like, you know what? I'm feeling good. I've made a couple of shots this quarter. The lead is currently 27. Here's the, the death blow. I'm going to take it. He makes it. Everyone on the bench celebrates. They stand up. They cheer him. He feels good going back down the court. The Warriors go up by 30. The rest is history. That was maybe the only shot where you're like, ah, Clay, hold back, right? Like, 
Uh, but other than that, I mean, I think he's doing a really good job pacing himself, not forcing. He's getting to the rim a little bit more. He's making better passes. He's been on the glass a little bit more lately. He had 18 points, 6 of 12 from the field, 4 of 5 from downtown. Like, it was a patient, well-thought-out, well-planned game from Clay Thompson, and it resulted in 18 points in 28 minutes, 6 of 12 from the field, 4 of 5 from downtown. And he was, guess what, a team Not only a team, but a game-best plus 24. The Warriors outscored the 76ers by 24 points in his 28 minutes on the court tonight. I thought Klay Thompson was really, really good, and he, he deserves kudos for responding in the way that he did after his personal disappointment on Monday when he did not close, despite the fact that the Warriors won that game in Brooklyn. We could talk more about that. We got to get more uh, into this Andrew Wiggins conversation. The trade deadline is now about 16 hours away. It's noon Pacific time tomorrow. We'll get into all of that on the other side. Also, we will hear from Steve Kerr, who has addressed the media in Philadelphia. That's coming up on the other side as Warriors wrap up continues. It's Mark Randy with you right here on 957 The Game. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Right side to Thompson. Off a pick by Draymond. Buries a triple. Draymond with a screen assist. And the Warriors have their largest lead of the game right now. 53-45. One minute gone by in the third quarter. Now back to Warriors wrap-up on 95-7 The Game. Yeah, and the Warriors would push the lead up to 30 eventually. And how about this? They led 101-71. to It was that clay three-pointer we talked about on the uh, just before we went to break, uh, the 76ers led the Warriors 25-15 to early in the second quarter. Until the, when the Warriors went up by 30, the Sixers ultimately cut it back down to like 18 or 19. Uh, but uh, up until that moment, after the Sixers went up by 10, until the Warriors went up by 30, the Warriors outscored Philadelphia 86-46 to over a little more than two quarters of basketball. 86 to 46 over nearly two quarters, a little more than two, two quarters in like two minutes. The Warriors outscored the 76ers by 40, 86 to 46 to go from down 10 to up 30. Uh, Just a turnaround of epic proportions for the Warriors. Uh, The offense in the first quarter (laughs) was really, really ugly. The Warriors made five field goals in the first quarter. They were five of 22 from the field, one of seven from downtown. There was the Steph Curry three-pointer and potential four-point play that got challenged and overturned on a review. Uh, The official is saying that Steph kicked out his right leg, which is somewhat part of the natural shooting motion. Uh, It is kind of natural for your right leg to to kind of flail a little bit, but it is a point of emphasis for the NBA. It was called not only not a defensive foul, uh, but an offensive foul. So take away the three-pointer, take away the foul on the defense. That takes away one of the Warriors' uh, few made field goals in that quarter. They were 5 for 22 from the field in the first quarter. They responded to that by going 13 of 21 in the second uh, in the third quarter, they go 16 for 24. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter, in a lot of garbage time, they go 13 for 27. But in those middle two quarters, the Warriors absolutely dominant. Again, 16 for 24 in the third quarter and 13 for 21 in the second quarter. That is 
you're on fire. Everything you're taking is going in, and it wasn't just one of those games where the Warriors were hitting crazy three after crazy three, and the Sixers are standing there with their hands on their hips, thinking like, what the hell are we going to do? Like, how can we get a stop? The Warriors were just picking them apart. The Warriors got everything they wanted at the three-point line in the middle third, in the middle half of this game. They got everything they wanted in the mid-range. There was a nice Andrew Wiggins pump fake on a three, took a dribble in, turned it into a nice 18-footer. And then you got Kaminga dominating the paint like he has for the last month-plus now for the Warriors. Didn't get into, into 20 points like he has been making um, it a habit of. He did not get that. Uh, today in this one, but uh, Jonathan Kaminga, 18 points, 7 of 14 from the field, got to the line six times, had six rebounds, five assists. I also think Kevon Looney deserves a nice shout-out in this game. He had nine points, nine rebounds, a couple of assists, a couple of blocks. He had a really nice game in the paint as well for the Warriors. Uh, The Warriors got a lot of what they wanted at all three levels over the middle half of this game. Uh, and after a really, really rough uh, first quarter offensively, they turned it around. 15 points in the first, then 33 in the second, 43 in the third, 36 more in the fourth. A lot of those coming in garbage time. And you kind of go up and down the lineup. You got to shout out Jonathan Kaminga for his role in that in the middle half of this game. Of course, Andrew Wiggins. Clay Thompson had a really, really nice game and an even better second half after starting a little bit slow. Went 6-12 from the field, 4-5 from downtown. Um, Lester Quinones had really nice minutes. Pajemski maybe a little more, um, he kind of goes under the radar in this game. It's almost because of the expectations that he set for himself. He wasn't terrible today, wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, wasn't one of his best games. That's because he's been so, so great recently. Uh, spoiler alert, he did not pick up his fourth consecutive double-double. He had six points, five rebounds, uh, five assists, and two steals. Uh, but a solid day for Pajemski. Did not turn the ball over once again as well. You saw Moses Moody come in, hit a couple of three-pointers. He hit one big three-pointer towards the end of the third quarter when the, the Sixers kind of were sneaking back into the game a little bit. Then Moody hit a three. Looney had a tip in at the buzzer, a quick 5-0 run. They pushed the lead back to 24, I believe, if memory serves. And then you're going into the fourth quarter feeling good about yourselves. And a big part of that was that three-pointer that Moses Moody hit. So I think, to make a long story short... Uh, in a game where you didn't get a ton from Stephen Curry and he still won by 23 points, this was a really, really nice performance by the Warriors' others. Others. A lot of others stepped up for the Warriors today, and it's something that Steve Kerr has talked about a lot this season, where the Warriors, you know, they've got a deep team. I mean, Steve Kerr was on with Willard and Dibbs as recently as yesterday and said, uh, well, I think the strength of our team is we've got a lot of guys. We're, we're deep. We're deep as we've ever been, if not deeper. Um, and I, that was on display a little bit tonight. Now, you will get to a point after the trade deadline, assuming you don't make major moves, which doesn't seem likely, and you're going to get Gary Payton the second back. He is very unlikely to play tomorrow. I don't think the Warriors have given out official word on that, but seems like he will not play tomorrow. Um Maybe he's back when the Warriors are at home over the weekend uh, on Saturday against the Suns. Maybe the Warriors hold them off until after the All-Star break, which might be the smart thing to do. Uh, Regardless of when he returns, the GP2 return is imminent. You already had Moses Moody back. This was uh, his second game back. Andrew Wiggins missed the game in Brooklyn. He was back today, and as we've talked about, played really well. Uh, Chris Paul got some post-practice work in yesterday for the Warriors, doing some shooting and some running. He's further off, and I think a decent amount further off than GP2 is in terms of a return to the court. Um, But you got a number of bodies coming back, and then you're going to be stuck in the situation that you were early in the season. That left Jonathan Kaminga frustrated. That left Moses Moody frustrated. Like You have too many bodies to give any kind of consistent minutes to. So while I agree with Steve Kerr that this is a deep Warriors roster, uh, you are going to kind of get to a a point, assuming that no major move happens. Now maybe there is a move and maybe you consolidate the roster a little bit. I don't know. Uh, But you will get to a point where I think those frustrations 
uh, could come back for the Golden State Warriors. All right, uh, we are going to hear from Steve Kerr here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. We talked a little bit about Clay Thompson and how it felt like he was a little more within himself tonight, and I think we've seen a little bit more from that uh, from him recently, but tonight I think was the prime example of that. Steve Kerr talked about that, talked about uh, Clay Thompson's mindset, his demeanor in this game today, that and more from Warriors head coach Steve Kerr as he addresses the media post game in Philadelphia after the Warriors 127 to 104 win over the 76ers. Here is the Warriors head coach, Steve Kerr. It's a great win and um, really important to take care of business and, and keep the minutes down, you know, going to Indianapolis tomorrow, um, you know, for a tough game. So really, um, I was so impressed with our guys' defense and um, the connection. The whole group just um, played with great energy and it, it, it just really feels like this team is, is coming together. I'm excited. What did you see from uh, Wiggins tonight? What did you like about his performance? It was great. I mean, you know, he um, obviously shot the ball well, but, um, you know, rebounded 10 boards, four offensive, um, you know, played played defense um, on Maxi. You know, we put him on the toughest guy um, and um, just played with, with the right energy, the right spirit. The whole group did, you know. Um, I just thought everybody came out and competed and, and defended without fouling, and that allowed us to, you know, to get out in transition. How big of a difference in Clay's demeanor, energy, performance did you see from this game compared to He just looks so relaxed out there. And, uh, you know, Clay just puts a lot of pressure on himself sometimes. He goes through stretches of the season where, you know, he um, he just expects to make every shot. And, um, you know, he's, he's hard on himself. And um, when he plays like he did tonight, just under control, uh, moving the ball when that's the right thing to do, shooting when he's open, um, he's a fantastic player. So I I loved Clay's game tonight, um, very much under control and um, just just fit in with the group, and it, it was uh, it was perfect. Uh, Looney, uh, this is probably one of his better games in a while. I think it was plus 15. Just what did you get from him? Looney was great. You know, we didn't go to him until the uh, top of the second, and he immediately changed the game um, with his defense, his rebounding. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I have so much faith in, in Loon, even though he's been, you know, a little bit out of the rotation, you know, at least from a minute standpoint, he's not playing as much, um, but he just always stays ready and he always reminds you of how good he is. Um, you know, it's it's never flashy. It's just um, it's making solid play after solid play, and that's what he did tonight. When you say you see this team, like, coming together, I mean, you're – and even pregame, I mean, you seem to have kind of an optimistic tone on things. Yeah. Like, where specifically, besides like the wind column, are, are you seeing? Well, the defense has been better, um, you know, over the last couple of weeks. I, I don't know what the, the rating is, but I'm sure it's dramatically better than, you know, where we were before that, um, before the stretch. I like the starting lineup. I like, uh, you know, J.K. and Wiggs together. Um, you know, um, everybody on this team has just overcome um, whatever individual um, obstacles have come their way. And um, you, you can always tell, you know, as a coach, you, you, can, you can tell if your team is connected, if they have the right energy, if they're supporting each other, if they care about each other. And I love this group. I love this team. They just, um, they're, they're staying with it. They've been through so much, uh, both individually and as a team. And um, they are... Um, they're just connected and forging ahead, and I, I, I really, uh, I really feel great about you know the path we're on. That's Warriors head coach Steve Kerr with the media after the Warriors win in Philadelphia. Again, the final score tonight: the Warriors knock off the 76ers, 127 to 104. Something he said there towards the end, and I'm looking at the uh, YouTube chat as I was listening to Steve Kerr. Uh, the YouTube chat, of course, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. You can uh, visit our YouTube page, comment, partake in the uh, chatter uh, by visiting youtube.com slash 957thegame. Uh, my family said the same exact thing that I was thinking when I heard Steve Kerr say it. Uh, he likes Wiggs and JK together. Love it. Uh, yeah, that's kind of been the sticking point for the Warriors for a while. Uh, they couldn't make Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga work together. Every time the Warriors put those two on the court together, it was a disaster, or at least close to a disaster. It was bad at the very least. Uh, but then Draymond Green came back, 
And how many times have you heard Steve Kerr talk about Draymond Green? He's the connector on both offensively, uh, both offense and defense. Uh, and he has been part of the reason why that Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga pairing has been able to work now. I guess we've got to call it more of a, a trio, right? Because you have Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga along with Draymond Green as your three, four, and five. And it's been pretty consistently one of the Warriors' best lineups. I mean, you got Stephen Curry uh, when Clay Thompson is playing within himself like he was tonight. Steph, Clay, Wiggs, Jonathan Kaminga, and Draymond Green. That's a pretty darn good five man unit right there for the Warriors. If it's a night where maybe Clay Thompson is struggling a little bit or he doesn't, you know, he's forcing things and Steve Kerr doesn't want him to close. And Pajemski's having a good day. The Warriors can go that way. Now, that's probably a little bit more of a challenge defensively because you are small almost across the board at that point. But Draymond Green allowing or being the key that unlocks the the Wiggins and Kaminga duo, it gives the Warriors so much more flexibility in terms of rotations that they can rely on over a, a consistent period of time I think the other thing that stands out after listening to Steve Kerr talk is the Warriors plan of the deadline I don't think was ever to go out and make a major swing and we, we talked about it over a month ago even in December when the reporting was the Warriors are not too keen on the idea of trading Jonathan Kaminga and that was even before this explosion where he's scoring 20 points in his sleep and he's getting to the rim at will and he's beating everyone down the floor and is the reason why the Warriors uh, are getting out in transition and actually using that to their advantage recently. Even before that, the Warriors did not seem eager to trade Jonathan Kaminga. I don't think they ever really thought they were making a major, major move during this trading deadline. Now, what almost forced their hand was the struggles of specifically Andrew Wiggins and, again, how the Wiggins and Kaminga units were not working together. But now that you got tonight's game from Andrew Wiggins, and I think over a larger sample the last two weeks you've seen some signs of him improving, you pair that with what was a very smart and balanced effort from Clay Thompson today, didn't force much, if anything, played well within himself, was 4-5 or five from downtown, took what the defense gave him, moved the ball elsewhere when he was feeling pressured with the ball in his hands. You get that from Clay and that from Wiggins tonight. There's nothing that the Warriors can do on the trade market that makes them a better team than what they currently have. I feel that way 100%. The Warriors are in a situation where the best case scenario for them is not that they go out and they luck into some great trade, right? Lowry Markkinen from the Utah Jazz. Well, guess what? You're not getting Markkinen without giving up Jonathan Kaminga. And guess what? The Warriors aren't giving up Jonathan Kaminga. The Warriors' best bet at competing this season, sneaking into the playoffs, and maybe winning a postseason round, their best bet is Wiggins keeps this up, Clay Thompson uh, accepts uh, his changed circumstances, as Steve Kerr put it, and this looks like a different team in the second half of the season than it did in the first half. That's the best possible outcome for the Golden State Warriors, and there's a very real universe where that happens. Certainly a more real universe than a universe in which the Warriors make a big swing at a trade that makes them better. The market just is not there for them this season. But what is there for them this season is their veterans playing better. And we're seeing that a little bit now for the Golden State Warriors. And if they have any chance uh, at making some noise this season, it's going to be because those veterans play better and you pair them with the improving youngsters like Jonathan Kaminga, like Brandon Pajemski, like maybe even Moses Moody and Trace Jackson Davis. That is the equation for the Warriors this season. And we'll see if they can keep it up. And they're going to have a really big test tomorrow against the Indiana Pacers, the best offensive team in the NBA. In the NBA. And I'm seeing 
a little bit of, of joking going on on, on the uh, YouTube chat powered by First NorCal Credit Union. San Jose Jazz fans, shout out. I know you're on here all the time uh, pretending he's Mike Dunleavy Jr. saying, I agree with Grandy. I know Mike Dunleavy Jr. is catching a lot of flack from Warrior fans right now, but I would just ask you guys, what do you want them to do? What do you want them to do? Are you going to... And if you come out and tell me, you got to go get marketing. Okay. Uh, I saw a proposed trade out there. It was Jonathan Kaminga uh, and Moses Moody and someone else. I forget what exactly it was, but it included Kaminga plus others for Lowry marketing. Guess what? The Warriors aren't doing that. The Jazz might not even do that, but the Warriors aren't doing that. Is it an Alex Caruso? Okay, who are you giving up to get Alex Caruso? Moses Moody and uh, Andrew Wade? You have to make the money work. The Warriors have to give up more than just Moses Moody. Are you willing to give up first-round picks for Alex Caruso? You're not going to give up Kaminga for Alex Caruso. Like, I get the frustration of fans and directing it towards Mike Dunleavy Jr., the first-year general manager, but I don't really know what is out there. What is out there? Yeah, Randy on the YouTube chat, powered by First NorCal Credit Union, says, who are you going to trade and what are you going to get for that? Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think there is a move out there for the Warriors where you trade one of their quote-unquote key pieces and get anything of value in return. I mean, if if we're talking about what can get the Warriors any sort of value on the trading block, uh the list might start and end with Jonathan Kaminga. And guess what? The Warriors are not trading Jonathan Kaminga. They're not. Could you imagine after the Warriors finally started giving Kaminga consistent run and he's putting up 20 points in his sleep, he's consistently like around six, seven, eight rebounds a game, he is your scoring force inside the paint almost by himself, and then the Warriors turn around and trade him? Oh my God, it would be a disaster. Even if you get someone of, you know, really good value in return, it would be a public relations nightmare for the Warriors. So I don't think that's going to happen at all. All right. Couple minutes left here on a Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. We got a couple pieces of business to take care of. Let's begin with extending the three-point line. And for that, we're turning to Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins jump pass to Pajemski right wing. Pajemski hands off back to Wiggins. Top side triple on the way, and it's money. Cold, hard cash for Andrew Wiggins. 75-54. Golden State has a 21-point lead with 5.07 to go in the third. Yeah, cold hard cash from Andrew Wiggins. That was one of his two made three-pointers in this game. He went two for three from downtown, nine of 14 from the field. He finished with 21 points and 10 rebounds. Also an assist and a steal for Wiggins and one block shot. And I think something uh, I want to shout out one other part of Andrew Wiggins' game from tonight that I have not yet. Uh, But first of all, I want to let you know that that is extending the three-point line brought to you by West Coast Men's Health, successfully treating men for ED and chronic pain. Visit westcoastmenshealth.com. Did you guys notice um, who struggled for the Sixers today? Tyrese Maxey, 5 of 14 from the field, 12 points in about 30 minutes. He was a minus 27 Tyrese Maxey, a minus 27, and if you're unfamiliar with the Sixers, Maxey has been incredible this season, might win most improved player. He's been great. Uh, And without Embiid, he's like the de facto guy now for the 76ers. Uh, He struggled, and it wasn't only Wiggins that was on him, but when Wiggins was matched up on Tyrese Maxey, Maxey struggled big time. And part of what made Andrew Wiggins' run in 2022 so important and so valuable to the Warriors, it wasn't just his scoring in the mid-range and getting into the pain and his offensive rebounding and his defensive rebounding, but it was his defense. I mean, who checked Luka Doncic in the postseason, in the Western Conference Finals? Who guarded Jason Tatum a lot of the time? It was Andrew Wiggins. He was doing it on both ends. And tonight we saw Andrew Wiggins play good defense as well. And that goes into what I was what I was saying earlier. 
I, I think the best, the best, the easiest path for the Warriors to turning this around, it isn't some Hail Mary trade. It is Andrew Wiggins figuring it out on some sort of consistent level, and the Warriors will be a much better team as a result of it. Like, what is more likely? Wiggins plays somewhat like the 2022 version of himself moving forward, or the Warriors luck into a season-altering trade. Like it's it's clear clearly to me that Andrew Wiggins just plays more consistently, and I think that's what the Warriors are going to have to uh, lean on, and they don't really have much of a choice doing that but Wiggins uh, certainly impressive today again 21 points 9 of 14 from the field and 2 of 3 from downtown in this one that is again extending the three-point line brought to you by West Coast Men's Health all right uh, let's go next to our hardest worker of the game I think if I were just to pick one player to focus on it it would be Andrew Wiggins for that because but because I we, we used him for extending the three-point line I got to go somewhere else for our hardest worker of the game uh, so as a result how about I give a little bit of love to uh, our two-way guy off the bench Lester Quinones Lester Quinones off the bench having himself a nice game 13 points four of seven from downtown those were all of his shots four of seven from the field four of seven from downtown did not attempt uh, a two-point shot in this game also had a couple of the rebounds and four assists as well uh, and whenever he's out there on the floor uh, he's active he's hustling he's fighting for offensive rebounds there was one moment in this game I don't think he got credit for it, no, because he has a zero in the offensive rebound category. But off of a miss, he tipped the ball out. It turned into an offensive rebound for, it might have been Wiggins, honestly. And then it resulted in a Kaminga pass to the corner and a clay three. Um, And it was all because of the effort that Lester Quinones put on the offensive glass, despite the fact that he did not get credit for the offensive rebound. So I I feel like Lester Quinones, who's, putting together a decent stretch here of late. Uh, and as we talked about early, maybe is is inching toward a conversion of his two-way contract to a fully guaranteed deal. Uh, and, and depending on what happens for the Warriors elsewhere, uh, maybe that, that results in them saving a little bit of money as well. Uh, but Lester Quinones deserves a shout-out, so I'm giving it to him. He is our hardest worker of the game, brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. Are you looking for a career in law enforcement? Learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com today. All right, that is our hardest worker of the game. Again, brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office. So the Warriors win tonight, 127-104 to 104 over the 76ers. They have locked up a home uh, road trip. They're now 3-1 on this five-gamer. They will wrap things up tomorrow in Indiana, a back-to-back for the Warriors. Uh, Tip-off is at 4. Coverage begins at 3 here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, and if you are, if you haven't been following along this week on 95.7 The Game, because it is Super Bowl week, and by the way, Go Niners, we're now, what, three hours and 19 minutes away, or pardon me, three days and 19 hours away, not three hours and 19 minutes, three days and 19 hours away. See if I can read this clock in front of me. Three days, 19 hours away. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I don't know what the hell is going on. It's late, all right? Three days and 19 Hours away from kickoff of uh, Super Bowl 58. Uh, Willard and Dibbs, our afternoon show here on 95.7 The Game, runs 2-6 to six normally. Uh, they will be moving over to stream only beginning at 3 tomorrow. So if you are searching for Willard and Dibbs and more Niners content, at 3 o'clock, if you are listening on 95.7 The Game FM, the actual radio station, if you want to keep up with Willard and Dibbs, you have to download the free Odyssey app. You can check them out that way. Or you can also uh, watch the guys on Twitch and YouTube, twitch.tv slash 957thegame and youtube.com slash 957thegame. But if you are looking for Warriors coverage, uh, that will be available for you beginning at 3 here on 95.7 FM, the actual radio station. And then, of course, uh, once Willard and Dibs close at 6, uh, the Warriors will be back on the Odyssey app. And then post game. 
Willard and Nibs will be out of here, and you'll be able to find me uh, on Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game on the Twitch channel, on the YouTube channel, on the Odyssey app, and, of course, on the actual radio if you are old school on 95.7 FM as well. That is tomorrow. Warriors at Indiana, 4 o'clock tip, 3 o'clock pregame coverage begins with Warriors Live here on 95.7 The Game. But until then... Uh, that'll do it for us tonight. For Sterling Bennett across the glass, for all of you guys tuning in all night long here on 95.7 The Game on the YouTube chat. Shout out to all you YouTubers, as always, on the text line as well, the Comcast Business text line. Appreciate the interactions all night long. My name is Mark Randy signing off. A Warriors win in Philadelphia tonight, 127-104. to We'll see if they can make it three in a row uh, and see if they can make it five of six tomorrow in Indiana. Again, coverage begins at three tomorrow right here on 95.7 The Game. We're Warriors! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.